Welcome to Herman Legend with your hosts, Smartwatch, Neil and Chris, and Oz. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Urbane Legends, the hit podcast uh, looking at different urban legends, myths, monsters, and all kinds of other paraphernalia around the occult or the Fortean uh, from the internet. Uh, it is the largest urban legends podcast by volume, and this is our penultimate episode of the series. And uh, I am your one of your hosts, uh, Mr. Christopher Flynn. And with me, as always, is my Belvedere, Mr. <laughs> Neil Herbert. <laughs> I don't know. Is that a thing, a Belvedere? Good liver? I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. Good liver. Uh... You certainly are my good liver, Neil. Yeah. Which says very little for the state of my liver. Yes. So how's your week been, Neil? Have you, uh, has anything caught your eyes? It's been a, a remarkably unremarkable week, actually, Chris. Sorry, that's yeah. not a good way to start a podcast. But, it's uh, not really. Hey, the sun, you know, weather's improving. There you go. British tack on about the Yeah, weather. I went for a nice walk around the local park yesterday. Um, it raining for a bit, that's all right. Yeah, walked round. I got myself an iced latte, because uh, I'm a fancy boy, fancy. and um, then came home and... Uh, play computer games on my laptop. Well, that's enough. Go. That's enough of the outside for me. That's what I said. Yeah, I've mostly work related, so I don't really want to talk about that. But um, no, yeah, you can't fact, talk I've about. It. You're not allowed to, are you? No, no. Official secrets, out, Chris. Official secrets. Out. Um, yeah, I've never had a nice coffee. You've it's never nice. had a nice coffee. I've never had a nice coffee. Yeah. You've never had a nice coffee. Why is that? Are you scared of them? Yeah, terrified. <laughs> is it a religious thing? <laughs> Have you just not like? Have you never? Yeah, if you're Catholic, you can't. Yeah, Jesus didn't yeah. have iced coffees. He can't. Yeah. No, he not allowed meat no, on just, Fridays or iced coffees. Full stop. It's not a coffee. The just, yeah, I don't know. I just like um, coffee's more of a morning drink. I can't think. I don't think of it as like a refreshing kind of like. Oh, it's a nice hot summer today. I'll, I'll, I don't know. Maybe it'd be good. Yeah, I can certainly recommend it. Mm. Um, yeah, it's very nice. Um, I just, do you know what? Like, because I've been on the coffee already. And I, I wasn't at the stage where I was ready to come off the coffee at that point. Yeah, okay. If you know what I mean. Like I have a to bit of a caffeine injection, but it's refreshing. Well, because I drink I, I drink too much coffee. Like I'm, I, I need to cut down. Massive. Yeah, I need to cut down. Like the other day, <laughs> I, I sort of cane coffee from the moment I get up until maybe four or five. <laughs> like because I really enjoy it, but I don't know whether it's because I stopped boozing that therefore I've just replaced it with Some another similar yeah but well, chain smoking and drinking coffee um, well, I used to have free coffee at work I used to yeah about 14 or 15 cups a day and vibrate around the office but yeah it wasn't particularly great for me I don't think I um I <laughs> I, I sort of I got up like quite quickly like having drunk quite a lot of coffee the other day and then suddenly felt a bit like I was outside my body sort of unsteady on my feet Almost like a head rush or something. Nice. And obviously, you know, I've not had that since I was drunk. So I was like, ah, oh, here we are. I've missed, I've missed this feeling of this, this, I've missed this feeling of disentanglement with reality. Oh, it's just, yeah, I quite, I actually quite enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. It was good. There you go. So you don't have to, don't have to drink. You could just do 
It's a ridiculous, you could just do ridiculous amounts of other things. Yeah, hyperventilate yourself, take poppers, whatever. You know, whatever floats your boat, really. Um, so this is on penultimate. It is, uh, yeah. Penultimate one of the season. People notice it's 25. Uh, last season we only did 24 because of reasons. We're cracky like that. Cracky like that? Wacky like that. We are wacky. Um, it's like crazy and wacky. I decided to mush them into... Cracky. Another demonstration of the, the crackiness of this podcast. Woohoo! Just making up words off the face of it. It was pretty good. Not, not um, just because I can't pronounce. <laughs> brain's dying <laughs> rapidly. Um yeah, so um, so this is episode 25 of the series, but it's our penultimate. Next week we're doing a, because it's our 100th episode, mm. party time, people. So we're going to do um, a big one for once, like one that people will have heard of, and it might end up being a double parter. Uh, then after that, Ooh, then nice. we'll be having a couple of weeks break until the new series, but we will be putting out a uh, our annual mailbag episode, yeah. which... Uh, sits upon the fence with reality and dreams on either side of it. Um, if you want to give, give us a like or subscribe or comment and stuff, I'm going to I'm gonna keep saying this stuff, but I know you don't listen. Well, but you could get in that mailbag, couldn't you, listener? Yeah, imagine, imagine that. that. Snug in there. Mm, toasty. Going to pop you inside. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, if you do want to be in a mailbag episode at any point or just have any comments, it's herb.legends.podcast at gmail.com. I know you won't. Now, I think that's all the admin stuff done, Neil. Yes, um, housekeeping taken care of. Good. Housekeeping. Um, take that one off the agenda, right? So, yeah, and uh, yeah, if you want to give us feedback on um, if you liked or didn't like the bits which we used to do, um, making up sort of crazy backgrounds for us. We've just stopped doing it for now, but we might bring it back. But Got really, bored of it. Maybe, maybe we'll do it again in the future. Who knows? Really, we're just trying to provoke any kind of reaction from anyone listening. Because <laughs> at the moment, we assume you're all bots. Yeah. Um, so, Neil... No um, evidence to the contrary. Well, literally no evidence to the contrary. Um, Neil, so I believe that you're, you've come up with one this week. Um, yeah, you were was... you were quite excited by it, were you? Um, yeah, I don't know. It's got... <laughs> Having just read through, my excitement might have diminished lately. Oh no, no. it's um, no, it, it's all right actually. It's um, so I was just looking for sort of like curses and stuff. I mm. don't know why that was. That was my little Google. Was that to do with the podcast or just your own personal use? Yeah, just... <laughs> who's ask me no who's questions? Up... I'll tell you no lies. Who's upset um, you this time, Neil? Never you mind. Is um, it me again? Oh, don't worry. The, the, the curses on you are... Mm, bulletproof. Um, yeah. Good. Yeah, this, okay, they can't get any thicker and faster. Well, I'll tell um, you what, Neil. I can confirm they are working. They're working. <laughs> they are absolutely working. Yeah. They're working probably better than you could have imagined. Like <laughs> Fletch, they're working overtime. There you go. Your, it's an obscure 80s reference. In probably. your darkest of dreams, they're working even better. <laughs> yeah. So no, um, no, it wasn't to do that. Not, so much, just... not much for Christmas in this house. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> mm. Tony Tim's gone to his grave. Yeah, lucky him. Yeah, sweet, sweet release of death. Yeah, better than living with his fucking curses. <laughs> so talking of curses, we're going to talk today about um, 
a painting of a well, I don't know what you'd call this actually, isn't it? So it's definitely <laughs> got the form of an old legend, and it, it ties in the Murdoch media with some really shitty art and the eighties, which everything you know, yeah. everything was something in the eighties. People like that, the eighties, don't they? Like Stranger Things and all of these, you know, because they yeah. don't remember what the eighties was like. Yeah, have you seen that? Um, He-Man cosplays back in, of course. It's big, isn't it? Constantly seeing people walking down the road dressed as characters from He-Man. Yeah. <laughs> what would you choose to be? I think I'd probably do Man at Arms. He was a Man at Arms. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you well you've shaved, but you Man. did have the beard, didn't you? I did have the yeah. Oh, he just got a tash, hasn't he? Oh, that's true. Yeah, got a big old sort of. You could do that though, couldn't you? Could do if pushed to it. Yeah. You're a hair, you're a hairy boy, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> hair, Got hair to spare. Hairy little fella. Yeah. <laughs> like a triple? Yeah, that would be. What would you go? He was squealy cat? Who's got squealy cat? I can't remember. I can't remember Man of War and Manny Faces because I think we had the toys when I was a kid. Well, obviously. Obviously, there's um, Prince Valiant or whatever his name was. Well, obviously, because of. Because of. <laughs> Because of my looks yeah. and physique, you fancy yourself as a he. You would imagine he. You would imagine he man, wouldn't you? But I think that I'd, my favourite one was always Moss Man, okay, the woodland god man who could um, camouflage himself into the woods. And the reason was because I had the toy of it, and it was covered in like felt, and oh, it's nice, and it's and it smelt really sort of pleasing. As a kid, so yeah, that's how, that's how I used to pick my favourites. I had you pegged as more of a fist, though, man. But well, that's uh, yeah. that's that's that's, that's something I told you. Mechanical. Fist. That's something I told you were bearing. Yeah, yeah. okay. In, in uh, I don't know. In secrecy, can't remember any of it. Who were the bad guys? There was skeleton. Was it skeletal? Yeah, yeah skeletal. Beast man. Okay. Uh, was, was, was Moss Man a, a bad guy or a good nah, guy? No, he was a good guy. Of course guy. he was. Nature's good. Yeah, oh, fair enough. Um, there was... Uh, the Fisto had a um, sort of Japanese same same character called Jiu-Jitsu who had a big golden chopping hand instead of a big iron punching hand. Because <laughs> as, be as we know, Oriental martial arts are on the side of evil. Whereas punching someone, good good Western, good, good honest, yeah, all martial, all martial, no, all martial, yeah. no art, isn't it? Queensbury rules, isn't it? Exactly. Um, oh, there was loads. There was loads. There was the one the millipede. There was um, the witch. Can't remember what what her name was. I can't remember. Was there like a little floating hat fella? There was Orco. Orco, yeah, that was it. Yeah. Yeah, but he wasn't good or bad. He, he was. Um, I was just an agent of chaos. He was an agent of chaos. Yeah, he was mysterious. Yeah, he was. Um, he was the only voice. He was the only nuanced character in there. Yeah, he had PTSD from an intergalactic war. Well, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. That went in. They went into it all in the reboot, probably. I'm sure they did, <laughs> and everyone had a good time. Um, well, anyway, I like. The, I've not seen the reboot, but I like the fact that it's made some appalling sounding people quite angry. That's all. I do like when forty-year-old men have opinions about well, yeah. children's cartoon. Why is this about tea? Why is this about Taylor ruining my childhood? <laughs> really? Well, just don't watch it, mate. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably watch something for adults. Maybe who was it? Who sort of produced and wrote that? It was um, I think Kevin his, Smith. That's it, Kevin Smith. Yeah, yeah. 
clerks and stuff. Yeah. 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 yeah I mean, um, if, you're, if you're into it, the, pink, the piece of panel films, the man who never grew up. I mean, he, yeah, I did really like Clerks back in the day. I've not watched it for years, but it was, you know, a very good debut. And some of his other stuff was all right. But, yeah, I have to confess, he's, uh, yeah, quite overwritten. And, yeah, I don't, not really seen, I've not really kept up with the new stuff. He's no, like, I mean, I, I they're, they're, they're sort of fine for what they are, but I yeah. don't think that Jay and Silent Bob were strong enough characters to do oh, no, when five it films on. No, no, no. <laughs> Well, his whole thing as well, it's like, oh, look, it's Silent Bob, but then he speaks at the end and he has a little speech. It's like, well, yeah, that's funny once. Mm. You know, can't keep doing it every time. Oh, and he's actually really intelligent. Yeah. Speaking of intelligent, Neil, what, what, uh, what, what are we looking at? Yeah, should we, should we move on? Because actually we're just talking about fucking He-Man. Yeah. yeah. Well. Right, anyway, so. So, yeah, so this is, um, this is the curse of the crying boy painting, I'm going to say. Okay. And that's what I'm going to name it. So this is from Atlas Obscura, our article. And it's... Um... <laughs> so we, we have... a, Do you know what? This is a really snappy title for a podcast episode. Yeah, it's not bad, is it? This will, this will uh, get the... Sort of the crying boy painting. This will get everyone Got it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Finishing the series on a high. It's only the penultimate one. This is, the, this is just the taster as we get through to the final one. So a painting of a crying boy was blamed for a series of fires in the 80s. Is Ooh. I wrote crying boy. Yeah. The artwork, said UK tabloids at the time, was haunted. Oh. Yeah, because we know that the, uh, you know, the Murdoch press is definitely... Uh, well, no, 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 to, to, to claim stuff was... Was that more prevalent in the 80s? Because I know, like, in the 40s or something, or the 1800s... Well, spiritualism was really kind of like... I mean, yeah, from... But, I mean, you wouldn't... you wouldn't, like So you wouldn't find, yeah. like, in a copy of The Sun now, someone claiming something was haunted. That's complete... That side of things is completely gone now. Yeah, I mean, probably not. I don't know. I mean, you'd find some other fiction, wouldn't you? But... Uh, yeah, but paranormal stuff's out the window. I mean, I think bear in mind, because it was still... Like, it's quite... It's, like, it's... It's kind of the market leader, and it's kind of got that grip now, hasn't it? Or maybe it had to be a bit more, you know, furious and sensationalist to try and build up the reach of... I mean, by the 80s, I think it was probably already dominating the market. Yeah. But, you know, nonetheless, it was probably like, you know, probably still had a bit of a fight between that and the mirror and what have you. I don't know. I think, yeah, it used to be a lot more... News of the World. Than it used to be. But yeah, you, well, the News of the World was a Sunday version, wasn't it? But, um, well, actually, that, that goes back way back. But, um, yeah, obviously, when it was all bought up... Um, yeah, so, yeah, I don't think it, I don't think it's the sort of um, stories that they come up today. So yeah, that is quite interesting. Um, so yeah, yeah I'm just got, wondering when the cutoff point was where they went. Do you know what? Ghosts just ain't doing it no more. I think when the Sunday Sports started just doing stories about soft porn. Yeah, well, just lots of soft porn and stories about like you know my son has been kidnapped and turned into a fish finger. Mm. I don't know if you ever saw that documentary in around 2000, but it was quite amusing. <laughs> So they did an actually identity parade. So she, this woman claimed her. <laughs> this, this woman claims that she's uh, where her son's been into a fish finger. He goes right. What will you do? They go to Iceland, get a pack of ten, and do an identity parade. And then she picks the right one. We'll run with the story. And she did. Yeah, she did, and they did. Mm. You know, fair enough. Who would change him into a fish finger? 
Well, supposedly it was like he was taken up by an alien, a UFO or something, oh, right. and then um, there was some beam of light, and then it came back down, and it was just a like a fish finger was left. So it was a UFO trick. Yeah. The UFO had... UFO beamed up a sun, turned him into a fish finger, and beamed him back down again. Maybe the Didn't UFO days as you kept him in the freezer. Apparently, <laughs> maybe the UFO just thought it was a fair trade. Yeah. There you go. I take here. here this cod's quite pricey. You man, I take boy now. Here, have fish stick. That's a cod for you. Mm, <laughs> we must go back to beyond the moon. Goodbye, human. Have, have to wonder whether uh, you know they just grossly undervalued the value of human life or overestimate the value of cod. Who knows? Or the opposite. Yeah. Maybe maybe to them, they overestimated the value of human life. Um, who knows, you know, a thousand years in the future, Neil, well, I say a thousand, ten years in the future, Neil, there'll be no fish left in the sea because of overfishing, won't there? So That's true, yeah. probably it will be, a, um, a, a boy will be worth that yeah. of a fish finger. Yeah. That's why I'm stockpiling. Yeah, just getting that free. Got a lock up, got a load of chest, your, got a load of chest freezers in it. Your frozen gold. Yep, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> invest heavily in fish fingers, everyone. You heard it here. Yep. Yeah. Forget forget NFTs and crypto, guys. Yeah. Get oh. yourself get, get yourself on the Captain Birdseye gold a gold train. <laughs> I, think, yeah. I mean, to be fair, it's probably about as good a speculation as you know going into bad, crypto these days. Better? No, it's better. I think it's it'll hold its value. Yeah, at least. Right. Okay, anyway. Well, and you can eat it because it's physically real. Well, that's true. You do actually have that. It's not just a digital thing. Yeah. I very much... Um, I mean, there's no reason why that, that, I've very much that gone fish down... couldn't, be, couldn't be connected to the blockchain now. Think about it. <laughs> I've very much gone down the sovereign citizen route of, like, wanting everything in gold because it's real and you can feel it. But I want everything in frozen seafood because yeah. worse comes to worse, I've got some frozen seafood, do you know what I mean? Well, exactly. Can't eat a block of gold, can you? Well, you could, but mm. no, you can't. Much nutritional value. No, exactly. That's the thing. Not many vitamins and gold. In on jets, you come mm. back out the same, the other end. So you still, you know, you literally have your gold and eat it. Yeah, but I don't. That, know is, that I, is the one. I don't know if I fancy panning for gold in my own excrement. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know until you tried it. Not again. <laughs> <laughs> fool me once, Neil, more fool me. Fool me twice, Neil, fool, more fool me again. Fool me the hundredth time, more fool you. Yeah. That's the same. I think George W. Bush coined that one. Right. Are you sure those aren't just bits of nuts? No, Chris, carry on. Have a good look. <laughs> so in the middle of the night in Thatcher... Lost, my, lost my deposit on that place. <laughs> So Thatcher, my ears have bricked up. Yes, body and, of... body and the brains. Yo. Who wouldn't? In the middle of the night in Thatcher, England, a home in South Yorkshire succumbed to a fire. Mm. The lounge room was charred black. Drapes and furniture reduced to ash. Mm. The owners of the home, Ron and May Hall, lost nearly everything to the blaze except one item: a painting of a crying boy. I used to go. I used to, when I was in primary school. I, there was a kid of South Asian descent, whose name was Mayhall. So I didn't know, is he living with Ron now? I mean... <laughs> Ron and Mayhall are living together. Well, okay. Was he married to Ron in the in the early to mid-80s? 
I'd suggest no, probably not. No, he was no. We were probably in nursery at the time. I think I think the son's story would have been slightly <laughs> had a different focus. I think the son's story. The I think that would. I think this is a story that would have been hushed up. Yeah, <laughs> if it had been printed at all. Um, so no, Ronald Mayhall lost nearly everything to the blaze except one item: a painting of a crying boy, his wide eyes looking out from the wreckage, and not even blackened by smoke. And this wasn't the first time a picture of a crying boy had been found amid the torches and the ashes of a torched home. Oh. So, September 4th, 1985, British tabloid The Sun. Wee. So, for those who don't know, this is one of our... Why is it? I was going to say it's one of our worst. It's the, yeah, it's the Murdoch. It's not one of our worst. Worst. Yeah, it does go lower, sadly. You Probably the Express is beneath it. It's on a par with... Male, just, male to be honest. The worst. It probably won much of a merchandise for me to be honest with you. But yeah, this is Murdoch. Yeah. So September the fourth, nineteen eighty-five, British Tabloid the Sun published "Blazing Curse: The Crying Boy Picture," a story about a very unlucky painting or curse mm. that caused fires. Supported by the comments of a local fire station officer. Oh, unnamed. Yeah, turns <laughs> out his paintings, the firefighter said, turned up mysteriously unscathed in fires across the UK. Oh, right, so it's not the same painting that's been handed down and there's been a fire every time. It's... No, no, no. So is it just... Is it, is it I mean, that would of... be an interesting story. <laughs> Maybe just one painting that went from house to house that yeah. burned down. I mean, they have a lot more credence to it. Um, no, they're, they're kind of like... This was like a mass they... juice. So it's copies of the same painting? Um, well... Not necessarily. So apparently there was a trend between the 50s and the 70s leading into the 80s. Well, I mean, you look at these pictures, so, mm. you know, by all means, listen, have a look on Atlas Obscure if you've got your phone or whatever, and they're kind of like really naff, but apparently they were really big in like the 70s and 80s. Um, so it would be a picture of just like a a child uh, crying in a corner. I mean, I'll, I'll, let me just uh, share this <laughs> with you, Chris. Yeah, because you think, well, why would people hang that in their living room? Well, I mean, if you've beaten your own child to death, uh, you well, know... It does make you worry about you, the kind of parents you, who are... You'd want, you'd want a picture of a crying child there because, you know, it's... It's really ties the room together. Really ties the murder room together. So I've just sent you the link, Chris, if you want to uh, oh. go and have a look and give me your opinion of that. I mean, it's got kind of like a sort of... Um, it's technically not unaccomplished. It's got kind of kind of chiaroscuro mm. and stuff. It's yeah, you, Brian Sewell. <laughs> uh, I suppose it's technically. Uh, it but looks. It's just, um, it's just really it look, awful. It looks like um, Kate Beckinsale's dad. Oh, blimey. Richard Beckinsale. Was Richard it? Beckinsale. Yeah, it looks like him, doesn't it? Crying. Yeah, a little page boy haircut, and then so yeah. it's just it's like, basically it's a little kid, and it looks what looks like. For it's people who don't, for people who don't know, Kate Beckinsale, the actress, Hollywood's now actress. Her yeah. dad was quite a famous actor who died young in the UK. Yeah, he most famous for seventy sitcoms, like Rising Damp yeah. and Porridge were the two biggest ones. He wasn't in Rising Damp. Oh, I'm going to dispute that. Let's look that up. Okay, maybe he was. I'll I'll back down instantly. <laughs> See how the only things I can never be bothered to actually Google are when that's the. When you think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, Richard's back in the doubt. Yeah, I yeah, said yeah, that. He was the... He was the um, yeah, he was the other lodger. He was the other lodger. I yeah, remember And then that, you yeah. had um, Don Warrington, of course. Was yeah. The other neighbor. Um, yeah, it looks very much like him. 
so if you want to find it on At- Atlas Obscura, if you want to see what Kate Atlas <laughs> <laughs> like, then it's... You can look for one on DB. The article is just called crying, crying Boy Painting Fires. Yeah. Um, it's a weird thing to want to have in your house, Neil. I'm yeah, that's say. my thought. It's kind of like it's really, again, it's, the, you know, episode whatever of the 80s were a different time. That is, that's, that's horrible. Yeah. Yeah, so, so picture that in your mind, listeners. It's, it's and it's gone. got like a torn shirt as well. Yeah, there's like a, the arm torn. So obviously it's going to be like some little street urchin or whatever. Um, but it looks a bit like Richard Beckett's the hell. And it's just got like <laughs> two big tears rolling down its cheeks from big sort of eyes. Mm. Yeah. So, you know. That's a yeah, that's hot. I don't want to look at that anymore, actually. No. That's enough of that. If anything, you'd probably want to throw it onto the fire, wouldn't you? <laughs> Yeah, that'd be the yeah. that'd be the thing that burn. Yeah, yeah. So these these are, so it's well known. What a horrible country this is now. Yeah. <laughs> and the more you dig into it, the worse. Yeah, the more you dig into it. Yeah. So these paintings of firefighters said, firefighter said turned up mysteriously unscathed in fires across the UK, all of which started spontaneously. It was well known. He would never think of owning this cursed painting himself. Mm. And then apparently it said the couple had laughed off warnings that their painting was cursed, wrote the son. Let all others heed the warning and get rid of their own giant paintings of crying children immediately. <laughs> what, do you think a little bit, you're what, do you think worrying about my home burning down is going to stop me having this gorgeous picture of an abused boy? <laughs> Next to ducks flying up. <laughs> Madego railing. Do you know what? I don't want. I would rather a house burn this, down this is the than live in. Than live in. I would rather have a. I'd rather burn a house down than have to live without a picture of an abused boy over my mantelpiece. Uh, Earth be damned. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's. I mean, what's going on? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And there we go, yeah. If the fact... What's going on in the person's head who painted it? Well, I guess uh, maybe it's like trying to say, look at, the you know, children, like look at the... Some children are suffering and that kind of thing. But I doubt they thought that it had become like a, a hot ticket item. <laughs> you know, and it, but it, yeah, it's sort of... I mean, this is the thing is, the, the person who's producing the paintings, it, there seems to be a real mystery about the original painter as well, so we'll get into that. Well, there's a lot of facets. There's a lot of facets. It's like an onion, this story, Chris. As I said, it's quite promising. It's like the story from the onion. There's layers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it could well be. You know, because, uh, again, we're going to learn more about the 80s listener. Sorry, listen. just to say, I'm eating, I'm eating a fair trade mint, so yeah, no, sorry no. if I'm making no. noises. No, no reason because we're recording a podcast to stop you showing something you need, Chris, is there? Um, I, I feel the like of I professionalism jump, you can expect, less. I feel like I jump in too much, so I'm, I'm, I'm using this. To, yeah, it's not helped, has it? Let's to, be honest. To pacify myself. <laughs> we should literally get you what the Americans call a pacifier, a dummy, as we call it in the UK. Mm-hmm. Or, sim- or simply throw my mouth shut. Yeah, that's that. That's that. Either, either works that, for me. That, that's been threatened to me a few times. <laughs> No, I was just going to say, actually, I just remembered I was sitting at the bus stop the other day. Oh, and I don't go. know if this is... Having a few drinks? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Blind drunk, vomiting all over the lady next to me. No, um, 
I was, uh, no, I'm just sitting there, sort of waiting for the bus. And then this kid. You're local. Yeah, just, you know. Um, <laughs> it was actually opposite the, um, it's called the Grand Central and that other awful pub. Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, it's probably a lot better than it used to be now. I've not been in. It used to be pretty awful, but I don't know. The clientele's pretty better these days. Um, don't mean that in a really snobby way, by the way. It's just that you used to have quite a lot of, supposedly, like, you know, very far right type people used to drink in it. Anyway, um, so yeah, there's this mother sort of pushing her pram, and there's a kid coming up to sort of like shoulder height on her. But mm. he, was, he had one of these dummies in his mouth. And yeah. he's walking. That seems remarkably like he must have been. Get him off the facts. Do you reckon that's what it was? Yeah, get off the fags. No, I was thinking kind of like, surely, you know, kids past two or three, they stop using a dummy and I'd, yeah, he's I'm... walking by himself. And it's like, it must have been four or five. I mean, he was, I say, he was up to his mother's shoulder. It's for weaning, isn't it? It's to get you off the tits. Yeah. 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 Well, they're just because um, children go through, I think, like an oral fixation phase. But it's good, you know. Still there, Neil. I'm still there. <laughs> no, but do you know what I mean? It just it seemed remarkably, remarkably old. I didn't know whether that was, I was just sort of like, didn't no, know. It's like, is, that, is that weird or is that just me? I didn't know. No, it is like weird. judgmental. That just seemed a bit odd to me. It's not, you know, say he's walking by himself up to his mother's shoulder and actually he must have been at least, well, say five or six, really. But anyway. yeah, that's, it's quite old. Yeah. It seemed a bit. Uh, parenting these days, Neil, huh? Well, I don't huh. cast aspersions. I don't know anything about it. But um, yeah, anyway. Just, I mean, could it have been one of those ones which. The teat part of it was actually a candy. Do you know what? Maybe that. Maybe that was it. Maybe it was. was sweet. Again, he kind of like. He wasn't like he was. Yeah, I don't know. He had a could lot have of been in his mouth. Just could have been a sweet. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that was it. Maybe that mm-hmm. was it. Yeah. So there you go. There you go. That's a potential explanation for my mystery of the week. Well um, and that's the episode. So. There you go. That was, that was, <laughs> <laughs> the child too old for dummies. No, it was probably just. A, <laughs> Probably just a sweet, probably just novelty sweet. sweet. sweet yeah. Um, we were gone through. The, yeah, we've gone through the sort of firefighter. Says, well known. He said he would never think of earning the curse painting himself. A couple of after warnings. Yada yada yada. Oh no, here we go. Yeah, if the fact that paintings of crying kids were hung in their living rooms of multiple households makes you double take, you're not alone. Mm. The paintings, an odd relic of mass printed art, were readily available in stores during the fifties to the seventies. Mm. Intended to appeal to young couples. What? Going, who knows? Um, while the paintings have not been reprinted for decades, their bizarre subject matter and backstory have kept the legend going and copy pasted internet legends to books of local law. So, anyway, yeah, apparently this was, it was a big thing back in the day. You don't really see it anymore. That's with so many other things. The legend of the crying boy painting seems to have begun with the sun, fueled by the obscurity of the crying boy painting's artist. The artworks bear the prominent signature of one Giovanni Bragolin, but for quite some time, nobody could find any information about the man. Rumours abounded. He painted hundreds of crying children, many of them street urchins. Yeah, again, very odd. It was said. Well, it was said, again, maybe that was just a rumour. Paint what you like. Yeah, to be fair. (laughs) Hey, you know, paint what you know. (laughs) That's the right kid. Yeah, it's a red flag, but you know. Rumours about, yes, yeah, so, uh, so he was either in, in Italy or Spain. Finally, in 2000, a book of creepy stories called Haunted Liverpool claimed that in 1995, a well-respected school teacher called George Mallory had discovered the painter was actually a mysterious figure named Francho Seville. Francho like, Seville? <laughs> that sounds like an Austin Powers character, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, 
think I'm pronouncing that right, Franco Seville. Not just Franco. No, it's it's um, F A R N C H O T. So I'm, I'm assuming that's pronounced Franco. And then, but you, um, and then Seville, like, like the, um, the Spanish town. City. Or city, excuse me, yeah. Rancho Sevilla, maybe, I don't know. Sevilla. So, yeah, I don't know if that's like a Spanish or French name. But, um, yes, yeah, so the following backstory from 2000 seems to be a mashup of Repertoire from the Southern Mallory. One of the urchins he painted was a boy named Dan Bonillo, or Boyillo, um, who accidentally started a fire in which his parents died in Spain. Me. From then on, whenever the boy went, a fire followed, prompting his nickname, Diablo. That's <laughs> young Diablo. Hey, I can hey it's the author Diablo. <laughs> Don't burn down my house. <laughs> so some believe the boy was adopted against the will of a priest and was what? abused by the painter. In the 1970s, the boy was consumed by fire as well in an explosion caused by a car accident. He was still a boy at this point, even though they've been making paintings of him since the 50s. None of this makes any sense. Yeah, he never grew, but he just never grew up. It's like Michael yeah. Jackson. <laughs> still a boy at heart. <laughs> Corey Feldman or something. Yeah. So next we've got a, a picture of... Um, so what? So this, so this painting is meant to be of this boy, Francho Sevilla, whose parents died... In a fire, but he then was moved around a bit, and there seemed there was always fire. So he was probably a bit of a pyromaniac. Then, yeah, it's like fire. then he was against the will of a priest who presumably ran a Catholic orphanage. He was adopted by an abusive painter, painter. who is the one who painted him. I would guess. I think this is what they're trying to say. I think we're thoroughly into and the And he ended up dying in a car. He ended up dying, dying in, a, in fire. But it's that was a, an explosion caused by a car accident. So he wasn't necessarily in the car. The explosion no. was caused by a car. So it he, could have been was, there, plowed into a petrol tanker. Exactly. And was he was, next he was to just it. standing by a petrol tanker and uh, yeah. in the most 80s thing possible. Or it, the car drove over an IED. Yeah, could be. Which he had set himself because clearly... The fires are following him round. Exactly. He didn't he, he dropped his ID out of his pocket. The car went over, exploded, <laughs> and then he got perished Whoop, in the flames. So. Whoopsie doodle. <laughs> in many ways, he kind of bought it on himself. Good. So I'm glad we're back to victim blaming. Yeah. He deserved it. Firmly and thoroughly. Um, well, I think I think he's made up, and I think you know we're, that's very much yes. going into the embellishment side of things, where it's you know none of this is substantiated, obviously. Um, but it's all kind of like rumours to the background as to why it might be cursed by fire. Or well, what I can let you know is Francio is a real first name. There's mm. a footballer with that first name. And Seville is definitely a city that exists because I've been there. Yep. So those are two things in the plus comment, plus like tick, tick there, no, for the believability. Obviously, yeah. um, there is nothing about Francio... Um, Seville on the internet, though. Painter, no. No, there's Francho Franco, but that's it. No, don't don't know. Yeah, and then we've got, we've got a picture of the, uh, the the article in the sun. Um, crying boy curse strikes again. Uh-huh. Bruno damaged his family's home burns. 
and it's got these parents holding their kids um, outside of a burnout house and putting the painting in front of them. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> I could only say one thing. <laughs> well, I could just think that the, the photographer just being like, just hold the painting up. Yeah. <laughs> I brought this painting with me. Do you mind holding it up? You're Are we getting paid for this? Yeah, it's 200 Maybe. quid. Maybe. 200 quid. If you hold the painting up. So, according to journalist David Clark, who researched the crime boy legend for 14 times, and on his website, the legend has more than a few holes. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Giovanni Bragolin and Seville seem to have been one of a few pseudonyms for a Spanish painter called Bruno Amadio. Mm. Okay, well, I think that's a problem. And Clark could not find evidence that George Mallory nor Don Bonillo ever existed. So the, I'm not sure. I think George Mallory was the art expert and Don Bonillo was the kid. So, so I've just typed in Bruno Amadio into the internet searches and it comes up with Giovanni Bragolin. And, and there are just pictures of crying boys. Yeah. That's <laughs> the images. Apparently that was what his... That was his, that was his, his yeah. thing. What was his problem? So, Amadio, oh, they were, they, they're sometimes called Gypsy Boys, although there's nothing specifically linking them to Romani people. So, Amadio likely painted twenty Venetian, to Venetian. Oh, okay, he likely painted twenty to thirty of these crying boys after training in Venice after World War Two. Prints of which were sold in department stores throughout the seventies. Wrote Clark, another artist then. Oh, hi there. Hi. Um, me and my uh, new wife have just got ourselves one of these new builds uh, after the yeah, war. Two up, two down. Like two up, two down. Yeah, it's a um, new temple. New temple boy. New temple called Milton Keynes. Yeah. Um, yeah, we want, we want to put, you know, like uh, we're not squares like uh, our old mum and dad. We'd like to put some really nice artwork up. What do you have? Well, we've got uh, over 20 different crying boys. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa, and uh, where are they from? They're Italian. <laughs> That'll do me. I've heard of spaghetti. Nice. You get a discount if you get a set of L20. Mm. Hang one in every room, on every yeah. wall. <laughs> terrifying symphony of crying boys. So, so, all, so wherever you are, there are... Crying boy's eyes following you. Never more than a metre from a crying boy. <laughs> uh, House of the future. Um, <laughs> and apparently another artist, a lady called Anna Zinkaisen. We, we, we all thought it was going to be hoverboards, but it turned out it was and crying, 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 it was crying boys all the way. Pseudo-Renaissance paintings of crying children. <laughs> Didn't see that in tomorrow's world. And Brevels. Yeah. And those fucking tease maids. Yeah, tease maids, tease maid. Wake up, your tease maid, and there's a crime boy staring at you. <laughs> nice. Welcome to 1985. <laughs> That's the future. Get on your Sinclair C5. <laughs> yeah. Off to work. Do some cocaine after five minutes of finance. <laughs> Right, a similar series of crying... Yeah, so another artist... I've been doing a lot more cocaine ever since we got all these crying crying pictures. Yeah. <laughs> I'm weirdly perturbed all of a sudden for some reason. God, my nerves are shot. I can't put my finger on it. I'm not sure what, not sure what it is. 
<laughs> yes, apparently, yeah. This is a popular thing, apparently. There's another artist who did a lot of these. Um, in The Martians Have Landed, Robert Bartholomew and Benjamin Radford reported that many people wrote to other newspapers in response to the Sun's coverage, including one woman who couldn't think of a reason, and this is in quote marks, think of a reason such a lovely picture could suddenly be thought to be jinxed. Again, what is wrong with these people? But yet she wanted to toss it for safety's sake. So despite a skeptic's responses to the public's distress, via interviews and open letters, the story held. A post on the website of the Committee for Skeptical Inquiry says that the sun added salient details, such as that the urgent was mistreated by the painter. So you're getting that bit. Mm. Um, I've sent you a link so you can see a picture of um, what he looked like. And he does look, you know, I don't want to, I'm, I'm not going to cast aspersions, but he, he does. case written all over it. He does have a bit of a look of someone who likes crying boys. <laughs> You see, yeah. Well, he, again, not to cast versions. He, he looks a bit like Stan Lee. I think it's the glasses. Yeah, he doesn't have the tash. No, he doesn't have the tash either. But yeah. Anyway. Oh no! Don't get in the car with Uncle Giovanni. <laughs> I don't, don't, never you mind why we don't get in the car with strangers, okay? Yeah, they say. Hey, are you an orphan? It's survived over sixty house fires. Yeah, anyway, so this is an article in Listverse, I think, that just basically expounds a little bit on this. Um, so, yeah, I think we're getting... It's to just, the... such a, just such a weird <laughs> it's a really subject story, matter. It? It's such a weird subject matter to think, right, let's mass-produce this. This is what everyone wants. But again, like, this sort is, of you know, horrible pictures of children crying. No, but, I mean, you got... This was sort of seven, like early 70s. You could have, like, like done pictures of smiling... Like smiling boys or something, do you know what I mean? Yeah, nice, nice, you know, view flowers, of the countryside. Mm. Yeah, nice landscape. Don't know, really. Anyway, so you know, when I went to the papers, thought it was a lovely picture, Chris. So there you go. But yeah, I wanted to toss it for safety's sake. So, oh, I just wanted to give him a cuddle. <laughs> Make it all some better. people think it's like, yeah, it's lucky, you know, that kind of thing. It's not. Oh, let me let me wipe your tears away. <laughs> yes, I think. Like that. Stop crying, painting. Don't worry, pet. Don't worry, pet. Come here. Come here. A nice hot, sweet cup of tea. It's not going to stop crying, is it? It's a fucking it's, it's perpetually oh, weeping. Oh, you need some mothering, you do. I'm going to mother you until one of us is dead. Until you stop crying. In between buying those, uh, move your howling at the move your howling at the moon. It's a painting. You can't stop it, can? Oh, a mother's love can do anything. <laughs> right, I'm off down the pub then. <laughs> All right, I'll I'll just be here with our boy. He's a painting. He's our boy. <laughs> Come here, watch. Let's watch a bit of EastEnders together. Oh, look, there's political broadcast. Let's see what that nice Mr. Enoch Powell's got to say for himself. <laughs> I'll probably just sleep in the bush again tonight. Oh, Daddy's a naughty man. He's going to sleep in the bush again tonight. You'll be all right with me, though. Stop your crying. 
Right, anyway, so there's some of the salient details, such as the urchin was mistreated by the painter, we've gone through that, the explanation that these fires could be the child's curse, his way of getting revenge. I mean, oh. yeah, it's a good bit of speculation, there's some. According to Clark, the son was competing for... Speculation re- or factulation? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Specufax. <laughs> that's got a fact. Warning, not strictly factual. <laughs> no, no. Also, also, not guaranteed to contain 100% facts. Not guaranteed to contain 100% facts, nor speculation. <laughs> According to Clark, the son was competing for readers with a daily mirror when the opportunity to develop the story arose and the internet further grew the tale. So, yeah, so it sounds like they were still sort of competing with Mirror at that time, um, yeah. still building up their market share, as we speculated ourselves. So, the, so now we move on to uh, Stephen Punt from Punt and Dennis. Do you remember him from oh, the 90s? Oh, yeah, course? they weren't they were very good. <laughs> I quite like the Mary Whitehouse experience, but, uh, yeah, they weren't amazing necessarily. No, well, not, not hey, right. look, hey, look, hey, it's, you, all, you know. it's all, it's all subject, objective, subjective. I don't find Punta Dennis particularly funny, but other people, but they were on, they did quite well, so. Yeah, good luck to them, seemed like nice enough guys. Yeah. I've not seen anything to the contrary, so apologies if it's been so good. Between recording this yeah. and it coming out. <laughs> Suddenly, yeah. Like, what are we going to find out about? Have you seen that a whole um, Good Morning? I've never seen it, but... Oh, Philip Schofield. Philip Schofield suddenly resigning and everyone's speculating. It's like, hmm, what's going to come well, out him... of the tabloids without him? Yeah, I'm not going to get into it. Yeah, no. Um, best not. So anyway, Steve Punt explored the legend on his radio show, Punt P.I. He attempted to track down the homes involved, found Jane McCutcheon, who had hung the print in the living room in the 80s. She was a mother of two. Was cleaning a kitchen when she found well, that her... mother of two paintings brackets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she found that handmade drapes, blinds, and curtains all suddenly ablaze. Her family escaped alive, but her home had been destroyed except for a single painting hung in the living room of the crying boy. You could... Do you think there's any chance that something like this happened once and then other people are just doing it as an insurance scam? <laughs> like, we'll get one of those paintings. Torch the place because I've, because I'm I'm insured up to our eyeballs, right? And everything we've got shit. Yeah, but we've we've covered this before in a previous podcast, Chris. The loss adjusters will be all over you because they do not pay oh. out for you know for um the curses. Ghosts. Yeah, ghosts and curses. Yeah, true. So that's the first thing they're going to do. You're like, no, we yeah. can't cover this. Yeah, okay, fair is not, It's not an act of God. <laughs> it's it's the antithesis yeah. of an act of God. So she later heard a, heard a firefighter who saw the painting say, oh, no, not another. After what was described as a series of coincidences and bad luck, she speculated the painting was a cause and prompted her to get rid of it. So many of the fires had normal causes, like cigarettes or unwieldy deep frying pans. And this is, this is the thing you've got to remember about the 80s, everyone. Fucking everyone smoked and everything was just stick- flammable cigarettes. Everything, everything was flammable, flammable as well. There was no fire retardant kind of material at the time and no mm-hmm. one gave a shit about safety. And, and every single item of food fried. was yeah. deep fat fried on an open flame. Yeah. So <laughs> we did have a deep fat fryer at home, but we did just do a lot of fried food. But um, yeah. Just in a pan. Yeah, just did it in a pan because we weren't fancy enough for deep fat fries. But um, yeah, just everything was fried, kind of like, yeah. So, deep, you know, frying pan fires were a real issue. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And just, well, I remember like my, remember. Grand, my granddad would fall asleep with a, you know, cigarette in his mouth. Just, you know, not a problem. 
Cigarette as well. Brandy in hand. Yeah, <laughs> next to the deep fat for next next to the just fried himself some chips. Had I experimented tea's made knockoff. It was a deep fat fryer by the bed. <laughs> Wake up to Wake up bacon to hot pocket or whatever. <laughs> Deep fried bacon sarnie. And just uh, if you do nice. if you do have a chip pan fire, people remember cover it with a wet cloth. Don't throw water on it because it'll take your face off. Yeah. Starve the oxygen from the fire. Don't pour a little water over it. Just make it because it'll yeah, because the flame will just it'll go up. Little tip there, don't don't say we don't do anything yeah, for you. Go. Bit of fire safety. Make <laughs> sure you have your fire safety training on there. <laughs> on Urbane Legends. Um, we'll be talking about InfoSec next week. We'll talk about yep. fishing with the pH. <laughs> yeah, and then we're gonna we're gonna have to start getting into GDPR. Yeah. <laughs> oh, do you know where I work? We have to do all these. There's like um, a set of formulaic training videos, and it was mm. all done. I think I've told you about this, Chris, but it was all done in the style of like it. It's kind of like an American sitcom. So it was obviously the oh, American right. doing the training material. And it was like, um, well, actually, weirdly, there was an English woman who was like the sensible one who was telling people what to do. And then it was like a slouchy mm. guy, but they're all in this American office and it's all very friends, um, whatever the equivalent sort of, you know, talking mm. about the issue of the day. And uh, yeah, the, the the very bottom of the barrel, and they were all very, very terrible, was yeah. a GDPR rap. <laughs> and it's exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> I felt absolute shame and embarrassment for everyone involved. I mean, good luck to them. They're probably, you know, trying to get a SAG card or whatever, but... Yeah. That was... Yeah. Mm, that's not, worth, to, not worth the card, is it? Already already knew about GDPR, thank you. <laughs> I'd literally rather read the fucking act itself. Yeah. GDPR for people <laughs> in yeah. Europe, I guess. This is general data protection regulations. Well, actually, I mean, it does affect you if you're American anyway, because if you want to sell anything in Europe or... Mm. I mean, we've got, we've got our <laughs> equivalents in law now under a, a parliamentary act. Um, yeah, then you have I'm to gonna, um, GDPR regulations. I'm going to use one of my uh, two official timeouts to say that I think that the podcast has taken too much of a left turn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ, can we, we really, can we, can really can we go, can we go back into We've it? actually now found the bottom of the barrel. We start talking about GDPR, for fuck's sake. Okay, let's, let's swiftly move on. Um, <laughs> okay, so, yeah, so Hunt bought one of these crime boy pictures. Um, he was inexplicably delayed in his destination several times. and began to feel a bit nervous about the possible curse, but what they did was they tested the fire retardancy by trying to set it alight with a construction mm. researcher and found out that beyond the string that it hung from, it didn't really burn. So there's speculation that actually it may have had a fire retardant vanish. So one of the very few yeah. things I'm like, <laughs> in the UK is that was fire retardant. This awful, awful painting. Um, and also because it was made out of like hard pack kind of wood, um, mm. what they're calling it here, that, you know, again, would have been very hard to actually get it to go up yeah. in, in flames. So it was just kind of naturally a bit, bit fire retardant. And again, you know, everyone was smoking and doing fried food in the 80s, so not that, you know, just a lot of fires. But... Yeah, quite quite possible it would have been in a house fire and actually been looked relatively touched. You know, might have got some scorch marks. So really, what you wanted to do was make all your furniture out of crying boys. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> your house and all of your furniture out of crying boy paintings. That was what you should have done. You, you know, how could you have known that? But this is, you know, this is why you got to test things. This is why you got to be scientific in your approach. <laughs> no, these. <laughs> so we've uh, we've done some tests on these crying boy paintings. Yes, they are terrifying. But they seem to be the only 
flame flame retardant things in the whole of the UK. So from now on, building regulations, houses must be built 98% of crying boys. Sadly, that um, that that law got misinterpreted by some unscrupulous construction. Workers. <laughs> <laughs> it was swiftly had to be reversed after public outcry. Um, Houses have to be built by crying boys. Perfect. <laughs> Finally, said Reese Mogg. Right, yeah, one of those uh, pieces of legislation which we left in the UAE and never got removed. <laughs> Thank God for the sunset clause. Um, such explanations would not have sufficed in 85. In the middle of the story's initial heyday, the Sun decided to take the legend further, requesting Ooh. the public send their crying boy paintings to them to be destroyed. According <laughs> to the Sun's editor, the office got swamped in crying boy pictures. <laughs> but the editor refused to display the paintings in the office himself. Picture is a fire jinx, the paper reported. A week after its first article on the curse, the Sun published Crying Boy Curse Strikes Again. That was the one we already talked about. Yeah. Although the, pa- the painting under the headline was a completely different picture of a crying boy. The Doesn't story matter. was very much the same. Doesn't, yeah, it didn't matter. Doesn't matter. So, any, any crying boy is a perfect catalyst. But we know. You need fuel, you need oxygen, and you need crying boy. Yeah. That's how you start fires. We know that. Well, That's why crying you... boy stops fire. That's that's why if you're out in the woodlands or whatever, you take your machete, yeah. you take some kindling, and you take a, a small, small picture of child, a yeah. small crying child in your wallet, or a simile of same if you if you if you can't, you know, yeah. And with that, you'll be good as gold. Yeah, I remember that was that controversial episode with Ray Mears. <laughs> Bear Grylls. <laughs> Have you seen that he's? Um, because he's backhanding some three years. Have you seen because his because his stars waned a little? He's Everyone now just get bored of him. Yeah, because he's a prick. Yeah, but um, but now way. what he now what he's doing is he's trying he he's doing a little shift to Rue. Okay, and he's trying to sort of muscle in and into the air to um, you know the Liver King. There's a guy called the Liver King who's really famous on the internet and talk and like just eats raw liver and stuff and says oh, how right. it's like how what humans are meant to eat oh, and all right, of that. Like raw meat or whatever. Yeah. And he's now trying to get a slice of that action. So he's like, um, oh, I was a vegetarian for a bit, but you know, now I just eat raw meat. And so he's trying to get himself back in the limelight by sort of shifting to the sort of like pseudoscience nonsense yeah. diet scam stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's good, isn't it? Well, good good luck to him. It, yeah. he, I think he's already selling like liver supplements and stuff. <laughs> I'm sure he is. Fucking grifter. He's always an independently wealthy posh boy anyway. Why does he need the money? I don't know. I liked him when it came out that... Because um, I like Ray Mears. Ray Mears, Ray Mears yeah, people don't know. I don't, I don't really it's, know it's him. Kind of a, he just he didn't strike me as particularly like Ray Mears is kind of like a survival expert, and yeah. he trained people in the yeah, SAS, yeah. and he would go out in all the environments and go. He's okay, very much about preserving the um, preserving the environment and ancient um, and, and old skills, isn't he? That's what but he yeah, but he kind of knows what he's doing, yeah. so he'll go right, and then you get like the like these leaves, and you knock them together, and you put that in the stream, and then he comes back in an hour, and he's got like a thing full of shrimp, and it's yeah. like yeah, dude. Whereas Bear Grylls was more like. Wham, bam, thank you, man. Like, I'm in the middle of a desert, and if I want to survive, I've got to eat this scorpion. Like, that kind of... Yeah, like, it seems a sort of, more sort of macho, kind of like, yeah, what a hard case you are. Yeah. 
stupid flashy stuff. But he, um, he at the end of every day shoot would be helicoptered off to a hotel. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Whereas he was always claiming he was out in the desert the whole time. But, oh, are you still there? Yes, I am, yeah. Oh, sorry. Whereas Ray Mears were, like, basically you could put, you could put Bear grills out into the middle of nowhere and he'd be, like, drinking his own piss and, like, eating snakes and making himself sick. And you put Ray Mears in the middle and he'll have, like, set himself up a little village and a nice takeaway and stuff in a couple of weeks. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's the kind of difference between them. One lives in the environment and one sort of tries to survive it. Yeah, I mean, you know, either either or. It's kind of like, um, but the thing, for, yeah, I don't know. I just, I never liked his presentation. Yeah, the same Berger's presentation stuff. Then I never really watched no. any of his stuff. So, yeah. The sensationalist. Yeah. So that's what I came across. Um, which, yeah, I think Ramirez was kind of more sort of respectful of the environment and what have you all, which is good. Yeah. Good. Thinking man's crumpet. Indeed. So, well, where do we get to? Okay, yeah, and so then they, um, the legend of the crime boy survived into the internet age and even sparked fan clubs. Mm. So, unfortunately, these all seem to have dissolved. So if you search for it online That's today, right. you'll sadly find the fan clubs have dissolved. Yet another victim oh. of Facebook and all the rest. Gap in the market. Yeah, well, there you go. But evidence of ex- existence in 2002 is preserved on artist and coder Mario Klingerman's former blog where there were discussions of Crying Boy painting sales in a Holland-based club. So I think people, ironically... The God, I, don't, I don't like the sound of this club. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it gives, gives me the ick, I believe they, the kids would say these days. It would be ick or possibly cringe, or possibly have a combination mm. of both. No, the ick, not the cringe. Crick. Crick. Um, yeah, he got into the legend through the art of Laura Kakua, who replaced the Crying Boy's eyes with red LEDs. For him, the painting's weirdness is the allure. The legend is a nice add-on. I think as a child, when we did holidays in Italy back in the 70s, I'd also seen these pictures of some street booths, and I guess I found them quite peculiar back then. Mm, no shit. To Klingman, who also created a crying boy tear generator. <laughs> mm. <laughs> back in the good, good old days of Flash. Yes. He's collected several of the paintings, occasionally fielding requests to sell or buy from enthusiasts. Despite his fascination with the story, he maintains he does not believe in the curse. So there you go. It's um, they got into the internet age and spawned a little bit of uh, you know mm. there. So according to Gail Nina Anderson in her paper about art folklore, the crying boy legend grew quickly because everyone could participate. The paintings were cheap and easy to find. Um, became so widespread it grew to include all versions of similar paintings by various artists, including curse paintings and crying girls. So it looks like this had become a sort of a bit of a, a broad urban legend after the, the sort of the original eighties heyday. And then it wraps up. It's like, a weird thing to collect. Yeah. Well, I think it, I mean, I suppose if it's really cheap, it's one of those things where people, you know, if you're in your 20s and you've got a bit of disposable income, then it's the sort of thing you'll ironically buy and then sort of yeah. wear out within 10 years. <laughs> to bring someone around and it's like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, exactly. it's, it's, it's a joke. Like, yeah, it's okay. a joke. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward to hearing this. This better be a good mm. one. Yeah, actually, it's not actually particularly funny. Um, Anyway, so here you guys, and this is this is the sort of capper for it on this, the story here. So the Sun capped most of the hype of its legend in a nineteen eighty five article on Halloween, with the headline "Crying Flame." There you go. This is another for those who are not familiar with our tabloid press. They the love puns. Pun. They absolutely. They will spend just hours thinking about how you can, you know, for minutes. Yeah, minutes probably. Seconds. I mean, they're very bad. The puns. Yeah, they're not clever. It's usually the first thing you could think of. Yeah. Um, so the crying flame instead of the crying pain. Crying shame or crying shame, yeah. 
Uh, Grace in the front page. The paper claimed to dissolve the curse once and for all with a massive bonfire, burning sackfuls of paintings which were sent to them by the public in response to their call. The bonfire blazed near the River Thames, dissolving the curse into smoke. The Sun, ever looking for reliable sources, quoted a chaperone to the event, a fire officer, who said, with relief, I think there will be many people who can breathe a little easier now. <laughs> I mean, talk about making your own news. Yeah. I mean, the uh, uh, fire officer, shortly before he was suspended. Yeah. <laughs> he fucking wants to be, doesn't he? Yeah. What well, have we considered that you know the, the a fire off, a fire the officer supernatural cause of these <laughs> a fire officer slash occultist? Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? It just puts me in mind as well. Do you ever hear of these um, during the seventies where all of those people were really anti disco and they all went and had a massive fire? In, I think it was in Wrigley Stadium. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah and it went Probably absolutely it mad racists or whatever. But yeah, yeah, no, I've heard them. Um, they did. Um, did an episode of that on the dollop. It's okay, like, yeah. yeah, it's funny. Yeah, it's, it's like, just madness. Yeah, yeah. They were like they got by the BGs and fucking like chic. And it was like they're, they're the ones that did like ten cent beer night and stuff, and it was just a fucking riot. And all. Yeah. <laughs> like the guy who ran that that state that team at the time, the sort of general owner, like had all these like wacky ideas of how to get people through the through the turnstiles oh, and okay. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's very funny. But the thing is, like, it just ended up with, like, people flinging because, like, you had to have a record to get in or something, and then, and um, they only had a certain amount that they yeah, could... so everyone had bid. to go and buy a load of <laughs> disco records, presumably, yeah, as increasing sales. No, no, basically, they they only had, like, I think it was a, they only had a certain amount that they could fit in the thing which they were going to blow up, the spin or the skin oh, or whatever. Right, yeah. So people were just left with records and getting hammered and, like, doing drugs and stuff. And then they were just, like, fucking, like, chucking them at the baseball players and, like, whizzing by their heads <laughs> like, like, during the match. So, like, they were, like, mm-hmm. it was, like, they were, like, yeah, it was absolutely terrifying because, like, people get, like, get brains and stuff with, like, really heavy vinyl records being frisbeed at them from drunk people in the stands. Sounds good. I mean, so I don't know if all of that happened at the uh, the Suns fire of, uh, of the crying children, but if I mean, it, it wasn't inside a baseball stadium. Well, no, I think I think the fire <clears> probably <throat> did happen, but I think it was probably you, you know, actually, and yeah. this is when yeah, Kelvin McKenzie, um, so notorious, at least made up. At the least they burnt it by the cleansing waters of old Mother Thames. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Yes, this is back when Kelvin McKenzie, who was. Um, was in charge. Dickhead. Yeah, he was yeah, complete dickhead. There was a guy who who uh, was on the beat when they when they completely made up a story about Hillsborough fans yeah. being responsible for that tragedy. So fuck him. Um so the curse is lifted, apparently. Yeah, so that, that, according the to the curse has now been lifted thanks to I'm surprised they didn't get like the pagan. Sore away, Sam. <laughs> <Carol> <laughs> does it again for the working man and lady of Britain. I was surprised they didn't get like a pagan in or something. I was going to say, yeah. I mean, that probably they probably would have figured that was a bit too hippy dippy. But yeah, they should have got in some like some Wiccan or something to yeah. You know, what lifted? They got like the Archbishop of Canterbury. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, cool. So that's shall we go through our shit? To be honest with you, but yeah, it's a little bit of fun, you know. Yeah, it's an interesting. It was an interesting one. story. It was kind of you know. It's do you know what? It's been a it's been a roller coaster of a story it has, for me. Hasn't it? Yeah. 
you know, we've, we've all learned a lot today. Not it's left necessarily me, to our benefit, but... It's left me more upset than I was before yeah. we started, so well, that's I, really all, all you can ask I for. I always aim for that, so... Uh, yeah, <laughs> so Neil... Thank you for confirming that that's worked out for me. What do you reckon of spookiness? Oh, I mean... I mean, yeah, having a crying boy painting in your living room is pretty fucking spooky. The 80s are pretty spooky. Um... 70s and 80s, yeah. Yeah. It's um how flammable everything was. Yeah, flammable everything was. I mean it's not it's not sort of the curse so much that it's spooky, but it's um yeah, well I mean it is I mean the whole you know, the whole sort of legend of it that your your house could burn. I would hate to have any of these pictures in my house. Yeah, I mean taste has moved on. So you know No, I don't mean that like they would like I'm I can imagine getting up, like, to go to the toilet in the night and seeing that picture in, like, the moonlight going, yeah, that's got to go. <laughs> I'm taking it off the wall and turning it round. Do you know what I mean? Well, it's, I mean, I, I think I've shared this story before, but it's like, it was fashionable, um, again, back in sort of 70s, 80s, where you would have, because you couldn't show toilet rolls, spare toilet yeah. rolls. You couldn't, so couldn't have that dancing. So, yeah, you'd have, like, something, or the one on my nan had was, like, a flamenco dancer, which, when I was mm. about five, terrified me, because I'd go to the toilet in the middle of the night, and there's this thing staring. I had to turn it around. <laughs> so, I used to <laughs> so it wasn't looking at me. It was, um, yeah, very much that kind of thing. I, I don't remember. Well, always been a shy boy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I can't go if, if you Maria's can, watching. You can't watch, but you can listen to Maria. Fucking <laughs> cheater. Um, it makes it even worse. <laughs> yeah so um so all right anyway well, yeah it's um so speakers yeah he's quite spooky it's kind of like um it's got a lot you know a lot of elements you know sort of the curse burning that you know and you know for to the credulous the fact that the painting remained un- unchanged because you haven't really heard of anything by retard in those days and um well, i'm gonna give it a, a seven i think it's, it's kind, seven. Of, kind of spooky yeah yeah so <clears throat> I think on top of everything you've said, the uh, the process and the artist, everything to which the painting was made, adds a layer of spookiness because it, he's a spooky guy. Like, what's all this about? Well, we don't. Yeah, I mean, the paintings themselves are really weird. We don't know about if any of those supposed facts of his life are in any way true. No, but I mean, it is. But it, but it's. It's a fucking odd topic yeah. for you to decide as this is going to be my, it's going to be my thing, like sort of upset, upset children. So um, on top of everything you said, I'm adding that, and I'm going to give it an eight for spookiness, Neil. That is. Um, believability. So um, it looks like there's plenty of recorded stuff about these fires happening and there being these paintings around, um, and it sounds... Like there's there's a relatively confirmed scientific explanation for it. Um, I think there were more fires in the old days than there are these days. I mean, you rarely see a fire these days, do you? But they usually before you know before yeah. bloody el- before bloody elf and safety got involved. Oh. Used to be a lot more fires, didn't there? I've had a fire in King's Cross for decades. What's going on? Oh, thank you very much, <laughs> Brussels. Um, so, and do I believe that the people think there could be a curse? I think that some people do. I think that some people said they do because the son asked them to and offered them money. Um, 
I don't know about the backstory and all that. I don't think that's true. I don't think there is a curse, but this stuff did happen, so that raises it up. So I'm going to give it a seven now. Yeah, similar reasoning, Chris. So it's quite um, high for me as well, just because, you know, I can imagine some people probably were taken in by it. It was in a national newspaper and they claimed that there was this curse. So, you know, it's been given credence by the press. Um, what do you think of that publication? Um, a lot. <laughs> the, the, the very greatest of us. Um, yeah, so, yeah, you know, you kind of... Do we believe it? No. Um would some people potentially have believed it? Yeah, possibly. Um, but as I say, it wasn't, you know, it was international press claiming that there was an act, there was, there was something here. It's very interesting that you don't sort of see that kind of stuff anymore. But um, yeah, for the time, yeah, I'm going to give it a seven. Seven as well. So, Neil, uh, Naritai first, Pramas. Yeah, there's, there's a fair bit here because you've got, I mean, I think you could write quite an interesting, I think if you did like a modern day interpretation of this, you could do like, um, there's a lot of layers again to it. I think you've got the sort of you know they've got the press claiming this is true. You've got the, the backstory Evil of artist. the painter. Yeah, you've got the why the fuck is anyone hanging paintings of crying <laughs> children in their house? Um, yeah, so, you know, why? It's all you know and, and based on real real things that happened. So that's really interesting. Is when you sort of look back on something that seems completely alien now. So yeah, I think you you make. But it was only thirty years ago. Exactly. Yeah, it's not going to be that long ago. But uh, we only remember selective parts of these periods. But um, yeah, so I think it'd be, it'd be, there's quite a, there's quite a rich uh, law here. You could do it. You know, you can imagine doing something in sort of like different time periods, like the painter's life and the um, you know back in on what, what happened to the kid and all, and all the rest of it. So I think there's a lot of there's a lot of facets to explore potentially. Um, so yeah, I'm going to give this one an eight. I think. Eight. Yeah, do you know what, like, um, I agree. Like, you see, you've got the whole aspect. So you've got the backstory of the pe- the children who were painted. Um, yeah, you've got why are people buying these, the fires, all that kind of stuff. Plus, you could have kind of people who have discovered something and are trying to collect all the paintings because of some malevolent force and that kind of stuff. Don't know. You could add, you can add what you want to some it. scully at the sun. I can't yeah, believe exactly. all of this, but then she's proven wrong. Time oh, again, it happened. Bloody women. Um, so yeah, I mean, the, yeah, there's the stuff. I mean, it, it, it's it's quite a funny story anyway, and you can add more to it. So I'll probably join you on an eight. Um, Reach. So I. So this is going to be the lowest, I think, because yeah. I've never, I've not heard of this. Um, it sounds like for a brief spell, it was quite well known in the eighties, but that's probably only in the UK. Although the paintings were Europe-wide by the sounds of it, the, the kind of the myth around the flames and stuff seems to have been just kind of UK-based. And it got fashionable on the internet for, you know, around the, the aughts by the sound of it as well, a bit more Europe-wide. Yeah. So, I, yeah, so it's not massive. But, I mean, it was in it was in national newspapers and stuff, so it would have been more broadly known than, say, an internet thing would be known now. Because, because because of the sort of circulation, I guess, yeah. of the readership of papers like The Sun and stuff. Like pretty much every household used to get a paper every day, didn't they, back oh, yeah, in the eighties? Yeah. So it would have been it would have been quite well known. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a four, I think, Neil. Yeah, so again, it's probably the lower one for me as well because um, I think it was probably more UK based. Although, as I say, it did it sort of seemed to pick up a bit of kind of like cult following in the early aughts from some websites and stuff. That was probably more of a cultish thing. 
Um, I'd never heard of it. I've never even heard of these paintings before, so that was all news to me. Um, so, yeah, I'm not sure it's sort of remained um, that much, except for in some, some circles. Oh, I always get preserved on the internet. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to give it a four as well, I think. And that gives us an overall score of a pretty decent 53. Not bad. Not Fun bad at all. Do you know right, what, like... That was actually uh, better than than I was than I was expecting with yours kind of keeping keeping expectations low at the start. That's why so you know you do, you do a little do a dive down and then sort of like build it back up again. That's exactly it. Promise uh, under promise over perform. Indeed. Um, so um, that's it for this week, uh, Neil. What are you going to have for your dinner tonight? Oh, I think I've got um, a steak pie. Steak pie, like going to have mash without or chips or rice. Yeah, I think I'll probably go with some, or, some chips. Okay, lovely. Steak pie and chips. Mm. Lovely. And so, um, yeah, uh, we'll leave you with that information, dear listener. And thank you very much for listening again. And I hope you have a nice week. And we'll be back with our 100th fun episode uh, this, this time next week. And uh, thanks for listening. And take care. Goodbye. And goodbye. And then I serve USB, Wi Fi, Chip and Fit, Mitty Fit.